Hey, how's your uh, how's your day going so far? How are we doing today? Well, I I hope you're doing well. I am, and I think it's about to get a little bit better. I'm Josh Cooperman. This is Convo by Design, and you are about to hear my conversation with artist and wall coverings creator Ann Jackson. <laughs> If I have learned anything on this journey that you and I take every week for the past 10 years, it's that designers, architects, artists, product manufacturers, and the rest of you that make up the design and architecture community, you make the world a better place. You do. You make it a better place to be. You do so by crafting things and, I, and, and putting together ideas that make life better because you make living better. I hope you never forget that. It's easy to do especially when a new election cycle comes around and our focus changes, right? It can get dark. So I'm hoping to bring you back to the light a little bit for an hour or so at a time. And this week, we're hearing from Ann Jackson. Ann is an artist and creator, purveyor of fine wall coverings. She's from Dallas, Texas, my second home. And what I love most about Ann and her work is that she takes an artist's approach to wall coverings. She built her company around it. And if you haven't been introduced to Anne yet and her work, you're welcome. Enjoy this conversation with Anne Jackson. But first, this from our friends at Thermosol. For well over a year now, you have been hearing incredible conversations, interviews, and panels with amazing creative talent as part of our Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. It has been and continues to be an absolute joy working with the entire team at Thermosol from the top down. This multi-generational family business has been producing the gold standard in steam generators, saunas, steam showers, and steam shower accessories for decades. Thermosol is the original steam shower with technology that is state-of-the-art, made and manufactured in the United States. The company's history with steam showers started by David Altman in 1958. Murray Altman acquired Thermosol's steam bath division in 1989, and the company is now led by Mitch Altman from their world-class production facility in Round Rock, Texas. The most successful designers and architects are using steam showers to maximize wellness, relaxation, and enjoyment for their clients. Thermosol is a staunch advocate for the design trade, and I am so proud to have them as a presenting partner of Convo by Design and the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. If not familiar with the entire range of Thermosol products, please check out thermosol.com. First comment was, you're in Dallas, and it's really hot. Yes. And I'm in Tulsa, and it's really hot here too. And it's it's a little different than um, than my hometown of L.A., where I think it's in the 60s or 70s today. Right. But you just deal with it, right? Right. We deal with it. We get used to it, too. I have a theory, too, that it's a little easier to get work done when it's oppressively hot or incredibly cold. Right. Correct. Fewer distractions. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And what I love about, I love that you're in Dallas too, because I lived in Dallas for nine years um, and I have a fondness for North Texas and I, and I always have, and I love it. Are you, are you originally from Texas? Yes. I've lived in Dallas all my life. Our whole family's here. A native North Texan. 
Yes. That's crazy. There aren't, there aren't, it's like native Angelinos. There are not many of them that are still in Los Angeles. Right. So it's where I think we're, um, I'm the sixth generation. Wow. Yeah. So we've, we've really been here for a while. That's super. So, and I, and I love that too. I, I actually want to, I want to get to Texas influence in just a minute, but I kind of want to back up a second and, you know, I've been familiarizing myself with your wall coverings and your line of which I see behind you as well. Right, yes. Do me a favor. I, I love the origin story and, and I do, I mention this a lot. I love the origin story because I think that other creatives find it. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's comforting to hear about other people's struggles or if it's that you just, you realize that, you know, it's not like somebody woke up one day and said, Hey, I'm going to start a wall coverings company and I'm going to get it represented in all these showrooms and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then it just happens like Mm -hmm. the next day. There is a, there's a struggle for all of this and a journey for all of this. And I wanted to hear yours. Okay. So, um, my, I've always been attracted to art, always been an artist, um, studied art in college. Um, I, um, graduated from the university of Texas in Austin with a studio art degree. I did start with interior design, which I love interiors and I've always been attracted to them. Um, from there, I knew, um, I could see that, um, I needed to do, find a career as soon as I got out of college. And I, um, did an internship at GSDNM in Austin, which is an advertising agency. And I quickly, um, picked up all the applications started doing graphic design and worked in a few small shops, um, pursued that for a while, and then went into very randomly, um, a school here in Dallas that I'm, you know, my family's very familiar with called me and they said, we are desperate for an art teacher. And for some reason that just spoke to me. And I thought, I think I would love to do that. It was a school that I had gone to and a school that I um, remember those art classes for. So I was able to teach in the exact same room, work the kiln, do all those things that I just, as a young child, thought was wonderful. So um, that just kind of changed my journey right there. Being able to work with my hands and, you know, see young children be so inspired um, was very rewarding. Um, I love that time. And I often, you know, think back to that. Um, then along the way, I also, um, had an imprintable invitation company. Um, so going back up a minute, I decided to pursue art full-time. I had an imprintable invitation company with a close friend and we went to, we kind of just dove right in. It was before, um, you know, 2008 was before all the online invitations. So I loved the paper and I loved, um, I was kind of painting, making designs, building them on the computer, outputting them. We went to the National Stationery Show, things were going well. And then bam, you know, the economy hit. Um, and we um, could see that other, you know, 
I don't know what it was, Shutterfly and all the all the companies now that are doing the evites started taking over. So we decided, okay, this is not, we pulled the plug. And kind of that was like an, a moment where, you, you know, you put your heart into it and then, you know, you see something kind of fall apart. So that was a great learning experience. Um, I kind of took that knowledge and then just said, I want to do something small, just go back to making art, started selling the art. And then very, I would say like what I have done has to where I am now, it has been a very um, organic growth for my company. I, when I started this whole kind of being an independent artist, I didn't think I would be making wall coverings. None of that had ever popped into my head. And I realized um, I could see it that wallpaper was making a comeback. And through every career I've had, there's always been a love of paper. And I know that sounds a little strange, but I just love paper. Um, and I saw that as an opportunity to make a product that I could sell on repeat and, you know, watch those sales grow. Um, so I kind of just researched companies. Um, I found a great company that I've been working with since 2016 and, um, they helped me a lot. And then this, um, they said, you need to get in showrooms. So from there, I kind of reached out and got some no's, got some yeses. And I started with only eight light, eight papers in my collection and just kind of went from there. But, um, you know, the growth has been organic. I, d I don't have like, um, my papers are very much driven by the art. It's all about the art. They come from original paintings. So whatever's inspiring me at the moment, that's kind of like how I make a collection. Um, so that's kind of my journey to where I am today. So it's interesting to me, you know, you, you started out, you're an artist first. Yes. And how did you decide it's the paintings first, then wall coverings came and then pillows and textiles. And, you know, you still do work. You're still doing murals. You're still doing prints. How did you scale? And what was the process like for you going from showroom to showroom? Because that's what I hear a lot. It's like, that is such a hard thing to do. Do I go with the manufacturer's rep? Do I go into showrooms and go one by one? How did you do it? And tell me, take us through that process of the, the no, no, no. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. Because it's a long journey. Right. So um, it's interesting. I just literally emailed people and I would um, kind of just do research based on Instagram and like seeing other companies, what showrooms were representing which types of work. Um, and it's one of my best showrooms is the Bradley showroom. I don't know if you know Michelle Bradley, but she's been a huge advocate and just um, kind of helped my business, help me um, grow as well. And I think those people are important in our life to find, you know, those people. And she's been one of them for me, but um, she was one, she was a no at first. And um, she came back like 
um, nine months later and was like, okay, I've been watching your line and I, we do want to represent you. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. So, um, and that's been like a perfect fit for me. So that was really interesting for, you know, at first to be a no and then turn into a yes and to be such a success. Um, and then another, you know, sometimes now people reach out, new people that are starting showrooms will reach out, um, look for lines. Um, the hardest thing I will say is um, knowing when a showroom isn't a right fit and having to move on and go to another one or just, you know, watching a relationship, you know, the sales aren't coming in and you're like, well, this isn't working. You know, I need to be someplace else and making those decisions. Um, but you kind of have to just, you know, you know, do what's best and, you know, navigate as you go. Um, so, um, let me... so I will, I, I will say this too. Um, it's interesting to me as well. Are, is everything made in the, in the U.S.? Yes. And that was important for me. <clears throat> All my, um, and right now I'm, working with, you know, more than one man wallpaper manufacturer just for different needs um, based on like one, I have one that does vinyl for me um, and then others that have other uh, grounds that appeal to my work that I work with them too. So um, yeah, everything's made in the U.S. and um, I wanted that to be, you know, part of the whole process. Another thing that i like is it sold by the yard so you're not having to buy rolls you only buy what you need um and just to kind of be you know conscious of the footprint we're leaving just you know it's print to order so i'm not i don't have stock um i was very very lucky during the pandemic my um lead times were not affected so that was nice to be here and just not have to deal with um orders not coming through. So this is really interesting. Take me through this process because um, this is, that's a big deal. There's a couple of things. There's a lot to unpack here. A couple of things that you mentioned. First being it's made in the US, which yes. has become incredibly important to a lot of people lately. And I think, you know, the next part of that is sustainability and not wasting, mm -hmm. um, which too is very important. I I think the made in the U.S. part, you know, I'm kind of stuck between is it because there is this domestic American pride or mm -hmm. is it because we realize that, you know, to get something from Italy, you, pro you process the order in Italy, then it, it's got to be made. Then it's got to go from from there to a shipper who ships it to a, another shipping company who's going to transport it across the Atlantic. Then it goes from that company into a holding company while it clears customs. And then it goes to another shipper who's going to ship it out to points of distribution. And then from that shipper, then it's going to get... Now, I'm working on a design house project here in Tulsa, and we had furniture ordered. And this is how I really, really got to understand everything that's going on right now with, with international shipping. Do you think it's more like the, the, there's, there's an, people want something that is, that is made by hand in the U S that there's a, there's a story, there's a provenance, there's a, there's a meaningful connection. 
Is that part of it? Is it that it's easier and not necessarily less expensive, but you're paying fewer people to touch the product? I think the whole um, issue with all the shipping we're having now has made us appreciate everything you just talked about. And I think it has made us realize we do need to have more value in that. And here's why. One of the reasons why. Um, I, for, I, I From the beginning, I was so attracted to the made in the U.S. companies. I didn't even ever consider taking it outside of the U.S. Um, and it was just the relationships I formed and the people I met along the way. They thankfully were here. Um, and I just... That So I would say the pride issue, I liked that. That was, yes, that was important to me. But um, I think now more globally here that it has been apparent that those things are important. And here's why, one of the reasons why. So um, it's, yeah, that's the the whole, you know, I ordered a light for my, um, our entryway because I had our, my always have wallpaper installed when I come out with a new line, a new room gets covered. So um, I had a wall, uh, ordered a light and it, it has, it's been like six months. And I mean, everyone's dealing with these issues. So um, they're very real and I don't know when they're going away. So, I mean, I'm just thankful to be produced here and, you know, not having to deal with that. Yeah, it's really interesting because same issue, um, much of the product that we had that was shipped in, even things that were shipped that were made in the US that were shipped in, it was kind of surprising to me because, you know, we received a, an order some, you know, 10 months after we ordered it, after it was specified and ordered. And, um, you know, of 22, 23 items, half of them were damaged in some, mm -hmm. in some capacity, yep. in some way, shape or form. And, you know, that kind of, I wanted to ask you about your experience with your producers. You know, one of the other things that you mentioned is this sustainability, which I think is, is amazing because it's on everybody's mind right now. Right. And with that, you know, you're interviewing producers, mm -hmm. manufacturers of your product. How detailed did you get into the origin of the original virgin materials, how detailed into the process and the inks and, you know, everything that goes into it. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, like I didn't, I never, I didn't wake up when, you know, making the wall coverings was not something I ever thought I would do when I was like, I'm going to be an artist. So I had to learn about all that. I, I took um, textile classes in college, but you know, there wasn't a wall covering class. So when I decided to do this, I had to learn about the whole process. I had to learn about the grounds, the inks, you know, what kind of materials are good for what kind of spaces. And um, so the knowledge to learn on the front end was, you know, significant. Um, and so, it, you know, it, so much has changed in the wallpaper business since, you know, when our grandparents had or parents that had wallpaper in their homes, the product is um, such a better product, the way it's made, just the inks they're using are, you know, earth friendly. Um, all the certification is so much better. And I really feel like um, that is one of the things that is going to make wall coverings stay for stay around. 
um, just the durability and, you know, the whole process that we're using to make them. Also the quality, because mine are digitally printed. So the ink that is using is, you know, it's safe and um, it's just the longevity is better too. So um, yeah, that, that's been very important. You're listening to my conversation with Ann Jackson. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to Convo by Design for a while now, you have heard me tell you about Article. Great style. Really, it's as simple as that with Article. Things have been challenging for design professionals and their clients for, what, two years, two plus years now? You know this already. What you might not know is that it doesn't have to be if you're looking for exceptionally beautiful modern furniture. Article provides a simple and easy way to creating a beautiful modern space because Article works direct with their manufacturers on production of unique and stunning pieces. Then they work directly by providing this well-crafted design directly to you. This direct relationship means you aren't wondering where your furniture is and you're getting it for an incredible value. What could possibly be better than that? In many cases, the shipping is flat rate, which means no surprises right? Even more, their culture and service are rooted in their core values. Customer obsession, doing it differently, ownership mindset, winning together. If you're a designer, architect, or residential developer, you must check out their trade program. Discounts, special support, and exclusive perks. Article has the beautiful modern furniture you're looking for at an incredible price, at an incredible value, and you need to check them out. Check out article.com, or if you go to the show notes, there is a specific link which will take you, if you're in the trade, directly to their trade program. You have to see it to really believe it. Thank you, Article. I think it's it's so it's fun for me to talk about this because the manufacturing process, I think that um, the same way that fashion was sort of bastardized by the concept of fast fashion, right? the same concept happened happens in all the arts you know it happens in it happens in fine art it happens in interior design it happens in architecture i mean look let's look at the 1970s <laughs> so and you can you can look at we had a house in dallas in far north dallas um that was built in the 70s and uh it was it was not a good house it was it was not it was not well designed it was not you know that's kind of it describes i, I think you know, you get into these phases where there's just kind of this lack of pride that goes right. into the workmanship. And I think it's happened to every, in every industry and to every mm -hmm. art form. And that being said, now we're getting to the point where, and it's so funny because, and I've said this before, because I like to claim my mistakes and, and broadcast them as often as I can so that others can learn from them. Right. Um, for years, I would just rail on millennials like, you know, because because as a producer of, of content, as a producer of panels at events, every event for a couple of years, it would always have one or two, like how to market to millennials. What do millennials want? What are millennials doing in design and how, mm. millennial style? And, and it was like, well, and I thought, you know, well, they're living in their parents' basement, so they're not designing anything. And then it kind of dawned on me in the last couple of years that millennials had have offered something to interior design now that was missing for a very, very long time. 
And mm -hmm. that is that whole philosophy of, of the millennial lifestyle. And I think it does start with them living in their parents' basement, to be honest with right. you. And I don't say that in a, in a negative way. They found one thing that they really liked. If it was fashion, they found their sneakers or they found, you know, a, a pair of jeans or they found a vintage t-shirt, you know, they, if it was art, they found a piece that they absolutely loved and they would spend a ton of money on it. If it was, you know, or a piece of furniture, they would take this really expensive sofa that was custom made and surround it with, you know, Target and Ikea and, and the, you know, the idea behind that is really kind of, kind of genius where not everything has to be super luxe. Not everything has to be super cheap, but to be able to really maximize that high-low mix, right. and to it, it requires more craftsmanship. Correct. And I feel I feel like that's opened a door for someone like you, who is a fine artist, who said, you know what, I'm going to create something bespoke, and I'm going to create something unique. It's not going to be mass-produced. It's going to be made in America. It's going to stay that way. It, it, was that was that the idea behind it? And if so, how do you view your collections moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think subtly that was, you know, exactly what I wanted to do. And I wanted to have, you know, my product's a high-end product. So, and I went about that, um, you know, in the beginning when they, you know, I was dealing with my manufacturer, we were talking and planning and, you know, I was still learning a lot and they were um, so great about helping me. And I, um, one thing they said is, you know, this is a really high-end product. It's expensive to, you know, purchase, and then you have to have it installed correctly. So I kind of just knew in the beginning that that was what this product was going to be. And it was the direction I wanted to go in. And making those decisions, um, like one, I started out with everything on a um, standard clay coated paper, which is um, kind of like a medium weight. And now what I've done is um, everything new is, um, and it's been this way for a little while now, is printed on a um, non-woven vellum heavyweight paper. And I picked that paper because um, it kind of has, I like the thickness of it. Um, and I like the texture. It has kind of a slightly, very slight decal like uh, finish and it resembles watercolor paper to me. And, you know, that's the, one of the mediums I paint on. So I felt like that best represented the, the product I was making is the way it was originally made. Um, so that was important and just, you know, a decision that I made from the, has I've made and I've stuck with and I've continued to grow up on. And then also adding like a grass cloth, um, just seeing what that material does to the product. It just takes it to a whole nother level. And you can see, you can see, and, and even the non-woven vellum in the standard clay coated, you can see the brush strokes and the drips and just all the texture. And even like, um, one of my first collections, those were all original oil paintings so they, um, when I produced that work, I um, painted on a heavy linen. Um, so you can even see the texture of the linen on the paper because the, the print quality allows for that characteristic to show through. Um, so, um, you know, the materials you use, 
you know, kind of dictate for me has dictated the product I'm producing. And, um, you know, that's been instrumental. Um, one thing, can I talk about like the collections? I want to talk about the collections and how, um, what inspires those is, um, so the first collection was original oil paintings. And that was just like, you know, I, I would call that the learning process. The um, second process, and one thing I do when I'm producing a collection, I'm not, I really kind of have tried to think about what isn't out there. What's something that hasn't been done before or is do, can I do it in a way that's um, new and different? And um, from there, I created one of my top sellers is um, a butterfly pattern, and I painted it um, on the repeat. So I painted half a butterfly and oil painting on that linen that I talk about. And just the texture that came through through that has just been a top seller here in Dallas. Um, that's one of my best sellers. Um, and then during the pandemic, I um, you know, we all kind of tapped into our creative juices. So that just gave me a time to really lock myself in my studio um, and just paint and paint and paint. Um, and I came out of that time with a collection called A Meaningful Collection. And it was um, a message that kind of conveys resilience and strength. And those patterns. Uh, there was four of them in all different colorways, but one was the mural exhale, which was just so fun to create. It was six um, original koi fish oil paintings. And then I also painted the background like an ombre um, scene kind of that was supposed to be, you know, the feel of the ocean. And then all that was built in Photoshop. And that was just really fun um to put that together and then even to get it to feel like using drop shadows to make it feel like they're they're in the ocean and you can see their um the shadow of their presence so that was really fun um exhale rhythm centered um all all those names kind of had each had special meaning um, rhythm is just like creating a balance in your life. Um, centered was about staying centered. So they all kind of, um, had meaning to that time for me. And then I think translated as well to others. Um, and some of these were patterns that I'd been kicking around and playing with. And that was just a time when I'm like, yes, this is part of this collection too. And I pull those in. Um, so that was, that was a really, um, that, that collection has done really well. Currently I'm working on a new collection and that is a botanical kind of much more fem feminine collection. And that, um, a lot of my designs are based out of travel on travel. So that, um, I just have done as we all, some of us have been out traveling and enjoying the world again. So I went out and, um, have applied some of those travels to this new collection. I'm really excited about that. So, Where'd you go? Um, we, I went to Italy. 
So um, I'd been there before. I um, spent time during college studying art there. I was there for a summer in a very small town called Castiglione Florentino. And it's between that little, that's between um, uh, Florence and Rome. It's right near Arezzo. So that time period in my life, it was fun to go back with my uh, daughter who's in college and she was studying there. So we were in Florence and Rome um, and then she traveled, but I, um, the architecture there is what speaks to me so much. And a lot of that's going to be pulled into these new designs, which the, that, that work has already started. But after I came back from the trip, I've of course, you know, then was like, okay, I'm going to change this and add this in. And um, so that process has been really exciting and unfolding as we speak. It's funny. I have a question for you and it's kind of a silly off the wall question, mm -hmm. but it's little things that I notice along the way. Like if you, I, I love working with wood, right? And one of the things just amazing about, about wood is, you know, as you, you cut into a limb, you can see how old a tree is by the rings. Mm -hmm. You can tell what's happening to the tree's life. You look at the rings, you can see where there are interruptions from drought and you can see where there's a fire, you know, a fire or something catastrophic. You can see these things. And I've kind of taken the same thing to looking at what creatives are doing. I look at websites, I look at social media and you can sort of tell one of the things that I think it's really interesting. You have a blog on your website. Yes. And it, you know where I'm going with this. And like October, 2019, it just stops. And <laughs> What's so interesting to me is you've done so much since then. Right. It feels like something had to give. I think everyone's in that process right now. And you're talking about new collections and looking back at what you were doing when you were writing your blog and your blog post, which goes back to like, it goes back to the beginning of 2013. Right. And then after six years of consistently writing, it just stops. <laughs> And I want, what was the, what was the event? What was the thing that stopped that and changed direction for you? So um, one of the challenges of owning your own business is just, there's just so much to do. And so it got to a point where I'm like, I just can't keep up with all this. So a lot of my work, um, you know, I contract a lot of things out and that's one of the things I've learned that you know, you, you cannot do everything. You can't be every person. So, um, yeah, it just has kind of gotten pushed to the side. And, um, and obviously, like you said, there's a lot going on. It's just, I haven't been writing about it. Um, so it's just, you know, finding time to do it all, but you can't do it all. So, um, one thing that is in the works is a new website. So, We'll see where that blog goes. <laughs> That's still love up it, love there. it. Yeah, and I hope it comes back because you got a lot to talk about. Right. Tell me about. Um, tell me about the art to designing a repeat. Okay, so um, what I've done. Well, there's. I feel there's several different ways you can do it. Like in the beginning, I did a section of a painting, and and then I repeated it. Um, one thing I like to do personally is when, cause I'm, when I'm thinking about a design, I'm thinking about panels, panels of wall coverings. Um, and I always like to make a design, um, thinking 
like, what if this was going to be successful enough? I wanted to move it to grass cloth too. So um, one of the complaints people will say about hanging grass cloth in their home is they don't like the, the lines. They don't anticipate that sometimes. So they pick this grass cloth that they love and then they aren't, you know, they're either surprised about the, where they're seeing the, the panels match up or, you know, they, their interior designers talk them through and let them know this process and that's going to be part of it. And if you, you have to love the way the product's made, how it's going to match up. So I try to think about <clears throat> how each panel is going to line up and what you're going to see. Um, like one of my designs, Placid, it's on grass cloth and it's a geometric pattern. I made it after a trip to Berlin. Um, we have family in Berlin. So I came home and just that is the pattern that came out of that trip. And um, I, um, the way it matches up is you don't see the lines in the grass cloth when it is hung and matched up to the panel next to it. So that's one thing I think about, and that's playing into one of the designs I'm working with now. Um, so when I was learning interior, I mean, graphic design, I, um, you know, learned Photoshop, Illustrator. Back then it was Cork. Now I've switched to InDesign. And so all my designs are made in Photoshop. And um, kind of in the beginning, like I know Photoshop and I know it pretty well. It's always changing, I feel like, but I know it pretty well. I mean, I just looked up how to make a repeat pattern. And then I've been doing these programs for a while that I just kind of, you know, you, you kind of get familiar with the program and you figure it out and know where to go next. So um, that's been exciting to figure out in a way that, you know, applies to the home. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, again, if you're getting into this, a lot of people I've talked to and met along the way, like they don't build their own patterns. They have the idea and then either the company they're working for, or maybe they hire an interior designer. I mean, not sorry, graphic designer to help them build the patterns, but I'm able to build the patterns on myself. And that feels really good because when you're in the program working on a pattern, oftentimes the idea of I, I have in my head Sometimes I'll do that. And then I'm like, wait, what if I try this? And then it'll go in a kind of different direction. Again, it's, it's an art. So. It, it is. Do you, as you think about your, your future collections, and this is, this is the, it's kind of the next part of it is do all of your future collections have a, a root system that connects to past collections or, you know, the difference between koi and butterfly, you mm -hmm. know, the difference between some of your designs and other designs. Do you, do you make an effort to, to cut and start new or do you like to have something connecting future and past collections? Right. That's a good question. I actually like, I feel like I take a very artistic approach to the whole process um, in the beginning, I thought, okay, this is the direction I'm going and this, the, all the patterns are going to look like this. And this is going to be like my look. Um, but then I realized like, I'm a boutique wall covering company. I can do kind of what I want, what I, what is speaking to me at the moment. 
and what I see as being relevant. Um, again, what I want to contribute and what I feel like isn't out there um, or doing something in a way that I feel like it needs to be said. So um, I definitely take an artistic approach to the whole thing. And so I feel like my patterns kind of don't all relate, but some of them could go together. Like one of my top sellers is Peony Pink in the very first collection. And it is a, um, an iCat. And it, I feel like that is a pattern and a design that never goes out of style. It's got, you know, light pink colors, blush, kind of like a little bit of a tangerine tinge to it. And then that could be paired with Centered, one of my new patterns, which is actually a pattern I made out of using an ink dropper. And it's kind of squares and the background is blush. And so I've, if I was doing a room, you could put peony pink on the wall and centered on the ceiling. Um, so you still can combine them, but they all have a very different look. Um, the new collection I'm coming out with now is very different than anything I've done. So, and when I do it, like, like I did with a meaningful collection, like I did, I felt like that was like a body of work that was wall coverings. Um, and this botanical collection, I don't know what I'll call it, but it's going to be, have that very same feel like I'm um, releasing artwork into the world. And that's one thing I say, like my wall coverings are art for the world, art, art for the walls. So peony pink, orchid, jewel box, those are part of your botanical collection? No, those are the original collection. Okay. Okay. Yes. That all the, the, and I call them kind of, they're very painterly. They were the original oil painting collection. Um, so that's kind of the beginning. And then, um, and then there have been, you know, sometimes I'll just be like, okay, I just want to do this one pattern and I just put it out there. Um, so it honestly is like, what is, what, what moves me? What, what, what am I ready to put out there? I, I love that. And I'm, and I'm curious, do you travel obviously influences you? Do you allow, you know, with this, with a botanical type collection, you know, one thing that I absolutely love, you know, being a native Angelino, I grew up in LA, you know, my, my formative years, 1970s, 1980s, you know, I was a teenager in the San Fernando Valley in the 1980s, greatest time ever to be a teenager growing mm -hmm. up someplace. I think but the the idea of the 1970s in you know Laurel Canyon in the Hollywood Hills and this this biophilic philosophy before it was called biophilia right when it was just this idea that hey let's bring the plants inside hey you know let's open up the doors and windows let's try to commingle nature and living spaces which is just so wonderful and great and it, we were kind of through the pandemic, we were reminded of how important that is. Did that influence your botanical collection? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, definitely. I mean, I do think florals are very popular right now. And I, I definitely think that's part of the reason. I mean, I mean, think about it. We were all dining outside, sitting outside as much as we possibly can. Thankfully that we, that time of year, the, or 
that summer was very mild here in Dallas compared to what we're experiencing now. So everyone was outside all the time. And um, I think we realized, you know, it took us back to nature and it, you know, made us want to, um, like you said, bring the outside in, um, you know, and our, again, the whole presence of um, the importance of the home. Um, I think that was highlighted in such a way that is here to stay for a while, even though we're all out and thankfully, you know, going about business, but um, it just made us kind of take a hard look at where we live and how we want to spend our time there because it is so precious and sacred. So, um, you know, that, that whole experience, you know, in the beginning, I thought, oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> this is, a, this is not going to be good for my business, but my wallpaper sales have been up since. Um, and I, you know, at the very first few days, I wouldn't have thought that was what was going to happen, but it did. And, um, it, I know, um, but bringing the outside in is something that I think is, you know, going to be something that is we're going to be seeing for a while. Um, and even with the whole tablescapes movement, I feel like people are, you know, paying attention to um, I've, a lot of companies here in Dallas have kind of invested in their stores and businesses or, you know, what table settings and things like that, tablecloths, linens, things like that have really um, grown up, go, gone up in sales. And that's whole entertaining in the home is still popular and happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I cannot wait to see your bot botanicals collection. When, when, when do you imagine it will drop? Um, I'm this fall. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to be looking out for it. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's great. And by the way, if, if anyone listening wants to follow along, check the show notes, um, for links to Anne's collection, her website and, and jacksonart.com. The new website will be out at some point, but for yes, right now you can still in the check. Works. It's in the works though. Isn't it funny too? The website is like the thing that's just so confounding. It's like everyone, oh, I hate my website. Everyone says it. Everyone says I hate my website, but it's so hard to, to get it right. Well, and that's, I built my website. So did you? the, yeah. So the one I'm using now is the original one. It's from 2013. I still using it. And um, the one I'm going to be use. I'm moving to a platform that is going to be, um, user-friendly, all the information, you'll be able to shop from my website, you'll be able to buy samples, and, um, and there'll be a back-end for interior designers to log in and have their trade accounts, and it's just, I can't wait, um, but I, I, I had no idea how much work it was, just, you, you know, even working with a company, like, they keep sending me homework assignments, <laughs> take hours, but, um, you know, I know what I want, you just have to, getting the message across to where, you're in the right direction and, you know, has been fun, but also, you know, it kind of makes you stop and think and take a look at everything. And that's been really helpful. Wireframes. Yes. <laughs> Wireframes. Um, and this was great. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. We are living in a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made.
One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living. Designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors, to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community, so you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. So great. Love that. Thank you, Anne, for taking the time to speak with me. Special thanks to Convo by Design sponsors and partners, Thermosol, Moya Living, York Wall Coverings, Franz Wigner, and Article Furniture. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen to Convo by Design. I produce this show for you, those in the design industry, to hear what others are doing and hopefully provide you with some inspiration to do that thing you do. Remember why and for whom you craft and create. Please subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you. Have a great week. And take today first. Mm -hmm.